This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 289. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 289. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey mamas, happy Monday. I'm so happy to be with you today. So excited for like, we're fully in holiday season at my house. And I just, oh, I love the feeling of this time of year. So like nothing can keep me down when I have Christmas lights at my house and Christmas playing all the time. Not even the damn dog who, this is so funny for people who don't actually live at my house not so funny for those of us who live here. We have this area rug and we had it cleaned recently and we had it out of the house for like a month because I was slow in getting it cleaned because I get this carpet cleaned so often. And as soon as I get it cleaned, the dog poops on it again. And then I have to get it cleaned again. And it's just this like vicious cycle. So we get the carpet cleaned. We lay it down right before we're going to put up our tree. It looks lovely. It's fresh and clean. We put up our tree. Everything's decorated for Christmas. So perfect and pretty. I leave the house the next morning for an hour to go to Trader Joe's and I come home and the damn dog is pooped on the carpet in three places. (laughs) Oh my God. I wanted to kill her. 
Like, if you follow me on Instagram at the Shameless Mom Academy, you saw my Insta story where I was like, yep, so she's officially up for adoption because I'm done. I'm so done with this dog. And if you could see my entire first floor of my house, like the main floor of my house is all random things to dog proof the house. So like we keep broken down cardboard boxes on our couch in our living room so the dog won't get on the couch. We have to keep our guest bedroom closed all the time so that she won't get on the bed in there. We have a hole in the middle of our living room carpet because she just randomly chewed a hole in the middle of our wall-to-wall carpet in the middle of the night one night. And now we have this area rug that I constantly have to clean. And it's like 80 bucks every time I have to get it cleaned. And she keeps pooping on it. So like basically, if you have a toddler-proofed house, you can kind of relate, except for the like toddler gates and those kinds of things. I don't know. I feel like they're not as ugly as cardboard boxes on your couch. So, oh, to say I'm over the dog is an understatement. But in spite of all that, having my Christmas decorations up and Christmas music on the background and everything, I'm like, okay, like, I think I can get through this. I think I will not kick the dog to live in the alley because I have Christmas decorations up and I might be able to like let her live here for one more night because I have the holiday spirit. So that's where I'm at with that. Okay. So I hope that gave you a good laugh because I'm telling you, it's a struggle for me to laugh at it right now. But I know someday, I keep telling myself someday I'm going to miss her. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Like the older she gets, the less I feel that way though. But anyway, I'm excited to talk to you about our shameless mom of the week. So our shameless mom of the week is Carrie Robertson. Carrie, you are awesome. Carrie is someone who shows up on social media, commenting on things, sending lots of love, just being really positive. And then she left me a review. So remember, Shameless Moms of the Week are always nominated when you leave a review in Apple Podcasts. And you can do that by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And here's what Carrie had to say. Oh, first I should say her heading of her review says, I think we should be best friends, <laughs> which I love those kinds of comments and feedback. I get that somewhat regularly and it completely makes my day every single time. So thank you, Carrie. We're totally be best friends. We're BFFs. So she says, Sarah, I don't even know how I found your podcast, but I'm so grateful I did. I've been binge listening for about two months now. And it's to the point that my eight month old who hates being in the car is quiet in the car as soon as she hears your voice. I'm going through a really rough transitional time at a job that I used to love. Like those words aren't even big enough. And now I'm having physical ailments that have manifested because of the toxic environment it has become. Much like you, I'm in the health and wellness industry and looking for growth and expansion upon the people I want to make an impact on. Listening to your podcast has inspired me to pursue my dreams and has helped me realize that there is space for me to move beyond just the physical aspects of health and to start talking about all the other things I'm passionate about in the wellness realm. I'm determined to make my space known, and I want to thank you for being real, open, vulnerable, and for speaking to my soul. My name is Carrie Robertson, and I'm one of the many who I'm sure shamelessly stalk you. So Carrie, oh, you speak to me in so many ways. I appreciate this feedback. We are like bonded for life because of like surviving the fitness industry or the health and wellness industry. I'm not sure if you're specifically in fitness, but yes. So I so relate to so many things you're saying here. And I know many of you have heard me talk about some of the lows for me working in the fitness industry that have been really hard working just for really horrible, horrendous people. And also then like helping those experiences shape my way out <laughs> and shape my direction and really give me like laser focused goals because I was like, I can't be like, I will not stay in this place that is basically like, you know, workplace abuse. And so 
I relate to anyone who feels like they're in an industry that they really love or maybe a job that they used to love, but now it has become toxic and they want to make space for new things. That is scary and terrifying and often comes with just so much uncertainty and unpredictability and lots of unknowns. And so, Carrie, it's a new year coming up and I am just sending you lots of love for clarity and vision and space and grace to find new directions and find ways to own the space that you love in a way that you feel really passionate about. So I'm here for you, sister. All right. So now let's dive into our content today. This was a topic that was brought to my attention when I asked you all recently for suggestions on things you were struggling with, things you'd like to hear me talk about on the podcast. And this topic came up and was commented on by a number of people as something that a lot of you wanted to hear me talk about. And so the topic today is how to stop comparing your kids to other kids. And there's a lot of ways to go about this conversation and a lot of different angles to approach it from. So I'm going to kind of take it from five different angles or kind of address five different areas around this. And I think that hopefully some of this will speak to you. Maybe all of it will speak to you. And you know, for me, what I thought about when I thought of this is I haven't found myself comparing Vinny to other kids a whole lot at this point. He's six. Maybe that'll come. I don't know. But I do compare my parenting experiences to other people's parenting experiences. And I compare like family situations. So that's a little different than what we're going to talk about today. But I think it ties in because I think really at the root of it all is comparison because of maybe our own insecurities. And so when we find ourselves, whether you're comparing like your family situation to someone else's or your kids' abilities to someone else's kids' abilities, like all of that I think has to do with our own feelings of self-worth. The first piece of this that I want to talk about is when you find yourself comparing your kids to other kids, first recognize that you might be projecting your own feelings of worth or lack of self-worth onto situations surrounding your child. And what I mean by that is that if your child isn't performing as well as another child in reading, writing, math, soccer, art, whatever, that might make you feel less than. So if you have insecurities around things, it's often easy and common for your kids' struggles to make you feel insecure. Like you own the ways your child might be struggling as your own inadequacies as a mom, as a woman, et cetera, as a parent. And so I want you to definitely recognize if that's something that you're struggling with. If you're thinking like, wow, my child really struggles in school. Am I a bad parent? Am I not spending enough time with him reading or making him do extra math or et cetera, et cetera? If you find that your child is not someone who excels in sports, does this mean I haven't like given him enough space to thrive? Or does this mean we're a lazy family or whatever? So all these things. If you have a little girl who doesn't want to play sports and you worry about her body image because you're concerned about your body image and your experiences with struggling with body image, that could be really huge too. I mean, if you have a little boy or a little girl in that respect, like if you have a child who is struggling with body image or who might be overweight and not even struggling with body image, you might find yourself comparing your child to other people's kids who are athletic and thin and like can't get in enough calories to maintain their weight. So I think there's so many different ways that this happens that can make us call into question our own worth 
and our own value as women and as moms. So I want you to recognize that that's where you might be feeling insecure around what your kids' experiences are. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Now there's also a piece of it that could be clearly, it would make sense that you feel 
your child's pain. So you'd see your child struggling with something and you don't want them to struggle. And that's very different than you feeling insecure about it, that it's really, really hard to see your child struggle. That does not feel good. And so when you see your child struggling, whether that's, you know, in something academic, something emotionally, through a physical ability, whatever it might be, of course, that is painful. Like that just tears your heart out. And so there's that element of it as well, where you might find yourself in this comparison trap, comparing your kids to other people's kids, because you see that your child is struggling and in pain. And whether that's emotional or physical pain or, you know, mental anguish over doing homework because it's so hard for them. And so with that piece of it, I want you to acknowledge and recognize that children develop in different ways at different ages in different phases. And I know that for me, I was actually talking last year with Vinny's pre-K teacher about the whole pre-K program Vinny went through was very much not academic focused. It was much more social focused, like focusing on being a good friend and social interactions. And there was academic things that happened in the background, but that was never the priority. And at a conference I just addressed, I was like, I don't want my child to like show up for kindergarten and be like the only person who can't write his ABCs, you know, and like he could visually recognize letters, but he certainly wasn't writing anything beyond his own name by the time he went to kindergarten. And I had a lot of friends whose kids were like writing all their letters, uppercase, lowercase, starting to read like all these things. And the pre-K teacher said to me, you have to recognize that children read at different ages and reading and writing. And she said a lot of that happens between kindergarten and second grade. And so often when we're pushing academics on pre-K kids, we are making things unnecessarily hard for them because they might not be a kid who's going to read or write until like first or second grade. And we're telling them they need to be doing this at like age four and a half. So basically, you're making this like unnecessarily hard for them because that's just not how they're wired. And it's not developmentally appropriate for them for where they're at. That doesn't mean that they're going to be delayed in any way. They're just not there yet. And you're setting them up to fail if you're putting them in this structure that's super academically rigorous at age four and a half when they're developmentally not going to be there till six and a half. And that was really eye-opening for me. And I was like, that totally makes sense. So then when Vinny started school, you know, this year, like he's definitely behind on writing skills. And when I got that feedback at his conference, I was able to not feel bad about it and not feel like, oh, I want to see what all the other kids are doing in comparison. I was able to just recognize, oh, but he's in kindergarten and it's not like he can't write anything. Like right now, every night he's writing letters on his own, totally voluntarily writing letters to Diego, our elf, which is the name of our elf on the shelf. So we have Diego the elf. He's writing letters to Diego every night. And I'm loving this that it's like totally on his own. And if this was something like I tried to force him to do last year, it would have been like this horrible, frustrating, overwhelming thing, exhausting thing for all of us. It would have actually probably impeded his writing process and progress. But he's like totally into it. And he's just doing it on his own. He's completely spelling everything wrong. Like, and his words don't have spaces between them, but whatever, like he's writing on his own and he thinks it's fun and engaging. So I'm just like letting him take that and run, recognizing that like, this is just part where he's at developmentally. Now, if a teacher says like he's way behind and you know, we need to look at extra support, then we look at it at that point. But I'm really conscientiously not looking at what are my other friends' kids doing at this level? You know, we have a lot of friends with kindergartners. I'm not concerned with what their writing looks like or what their uppercase and lowercase letters look like. So I think it's really, really important to recognize that there's kind of these big periods of time in terms of developmental milestones and what that's going to look like between kids. And 
just really pulling yourself out of that comparison trap as soon as you find yourself falling into it. Okay, so I want to also talk about acknowledging our kids' aptitude for things. So like sports would be a good example. Vinny was very excited to play soccer, but when it came to actually playing soccer, he wanted to lay in the middle of the field and whine, or he wanted to constantly be the sub and sit out. And so it was really clear to me, and we only had like a six-week soccer season, but it was really clear to me by the end of soccer that like, this might not be his jam. And so next year, we're only going to do soccer if he wants to do soccer. And even if all of his friends are doing soccer, I'll be a little disappointed because I'll want to be hanging out with the moms. Like I will totally have FOMO, I'm sure. But I'm not going to make him do it. I'm going to let him pick the things that he feels good about. So right now we did T-ball last year. He's really excited about doing T-ball again. That said, he only wants to be catcher on T-ball. That's the only part that interests him. So we will sign up for T-ball again because he's interested in it. If he wasn't interested, we wouldn't do it. So recognizing that like not everything is going to be your kid's jam, find the thing that is their jam and let them explore that thing. And recognize that if they don't like soccer in kindergarten, maybe they'll like it in the third grade and that's okay. Your kid can do just fine in soccer if they don't start until the third grade. Like they don't have to start everything at age two, which is literally the age that soccer starts in Seattle. You're not missing out if your kid doesn't play soccer between the ages of like two and seven. So that piece I think is really important as well. Just really recognizing that children develop in different ways at different ages and different phases. So the next piece of this is knowing that your child is going to have different gifts, talents, and strengths than other kids and that that's okay. And this has been really interesting. We're really starting to see this. We have a couple of groups of friends that have kids who are the same age as Vinny and we're starting to see that like... Certain kids like certain things and not other things. You know, up until age five, I felt like it was like they all like anything with a ball or anything with Legos or whatever. But now they're definitely starting to have more individualized tastes for things and strengths in things and interests and those kinds of things. So that's been really fun to see. And I think what's really important and what research supports is that you don't encourage performance at a certain level but you encourage effort and perseverance and tenacity and creativity and resourcefulness and coping skills, overcoming adversity, kindness, compassion, all those kinds of things. Those are life skills that will lead to greater success in all areas of your kid's life and be determinants of their success in the world and their success personally and professionally in relationships and in, in their career space and all those things as in adulthood. So when you see your kid struggling with school, like rather than saying like, wow, you know, you're reading at a third grade level, even though you're in the fourth grade, like we need to get you up to speed instead of pointing out these disparities or pointing out where they are struggling because they already know instead encouraging and acknowledging effort and perseverance and tenacity. Like I see you trying really hard. I see you putting in time reading every day. I see you picking books that are challenging for you. I see you standing up in front of your class and speaking, even when you're really nervous. I see you going after the ball in soccer, even though you were scared of the other team, whatever. Also, when they do overcome adversity or they're resourceful in different ways, like, wow, you solved that problem. We talk about this so much. You're a problem solver. And so when a kid figures something out and they figure out a way to work through something or around something, recognizing and telling them, 
wow, that was a really great way to solve this problem. You just solved that problem all on your own. You decided to, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example from Vinny. So he'll be building something with Legos and it will break. And of course, that can be like the beginning of, you know, big meltdowns and big feelings and tears and everything. And so when I see that happen and then I see him decide to take a break and go do something else. I'm like, wow, you just solved that problem. Instead of getting really frustrated over the Legos, you decided to just go do something else. Or if he decides to pick up the pieces that broke and then rebuild something new, oh, wow, you just solved that problem by picking up those pieces and deciding to build something new. And look at this new thing that you built. I like the way that it blah, 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 whatever. So you're pointing out to them that they are resourceful and that they can solve problems. Vinny's learning Kelso's choices at school right now, which is like a social skills program. And he's all about making Kelso's choices. So Kelso's choices, it's like 11 different steps to problem solving, coping skills, conflict resolution. So he came in the other morning. Oh my God, I was not even out of bed. It was like 5.50 in the morning. And he comes in and he's in his uniform. And he's like, mom, I just made a Kelso's choice. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just made a Kelso's choice. These are my pants that are too short, but I'm just going to ignore it. So I was like cracking up. So he has one pair of uniform pants that they're the same size as all of his other pairs and the same brand, but for some reason they're too short. I cannot figure out why. I don't know if they got washed on hot or what, but, and so he doesn't like wearing those ones, but they were the only ones clean. So he comes in and he's like, I just made a Kelso's choice. And one of Kelso's choices is when something's bothering you or upsetting you, you can choose to ignore it. So he came in, mom, I'm making a Kelso's choice. These uniform pants, they're the ones that are too short, but I'm just going to choose to ignore them. And I was like, that's great. Well done. So letting them know like, oh, you just solved that problem. Now it's not even a big deal. Like you just worked through that because there's been mornings when we have cried over these pants. So acknowledging those kinds of things really, really important. And then there's pride around like, oh, I can solve problems and I can make choices when there's a problem. Like there's so much power in that. And that is so much more powerful than like, well, what I see going on here is that you are, you know, three levels behind in math. And so like as punishment, you're not going to have your playtime this weekend because you need to catch up on math. So we're going to focus on that. And we need you to be caught up so that you're getting at least a B in math class. And, you know, a C minus is not acceptable. And so sometimes we get into these like kind of punitive modes and we don't recognize all the other ways that we could be encouraging a child to show up in the face of adversity, show up when something's really hard, like you're getting a C minus in math. How does that feel? How do you want to approach this problem? What do you like about math? How can we incorporate the good things? When do you want to work on math? Like we have, you know, the whole weekend to work on math. When would be the best time for you? What's a reward that we could have for after we work on math this weekend? So incorporating all those kinds of things can help give your child the opportunity to demonstrate perseverance and tenacity, to demonstrate resourcefulness, all those kinds of things. And then you can talk your way through that, which is really, really important. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. We talk about this a lot with Vinny writing his lowercase letters, which his lowercase letters, he writes them real big. I mean, real big. So I'm always like, oh, your lowercase letters are bigger than your uppercase letters, I'm noticing. (laughs) I wonder what it would be like if you only made them half that size. So we're like having little conversations around that and then recognizing when he does that, like, oh, look at that one you made it fit under that line. Look at that. So just a lot of observation rather than judgment is really, really helpful. And that's something I learned in Vinny's preschool program as well is observation versus judgment. So instead of like, good job, way to go. Or, oh, you didn't do it. Instead, recognizing like just observing, oh, you tried that and you did it. Oh, I saw you write three words. Oh, you wrote a sentence. So Vinny's right now, he's writing to Diego every night, the elf, and he spells his name wrong every night. And he spells it D-A-E-O. And so we've been noticing, and he notices that when I write Diego, I spell it D-I-E-G-O. So when he writes this letter for Diego, I'll say, oh, look at you spelled Diego D-A-E-O. I spell Diego D-I-E-G-O. I don't tell him when is right or wrong. We did ask him if he wanted to add a G because it sounds like there might be a G in there. This morning we were talking to him. We're like, if you want, you can put a G in there because it sounds like there might be a G sound in his name. And he was like, nope. We were like, okay, (laughs) that's fine. I mean, this is a kindergartner writing to an elf. Do we really need to push this issue? He feels really good about writing a letter every day. I'm not going to destroy him over a G. Okay. So the next piece of this is stop engaging in competitive conversations with other people about your kids. So we probably can all think of people who show up and they're like, you know, Jimmy got straight A's and he made the basketball team and he got the citizen of the week award at school. And you're like, great, Jimmy's awesome. (laughs) So if you are that person, maybe rein it in a little. And there's places to share those kinds of things for sure. But recognize the company that you keep and recognize 
the places that it's appropriate to share those things. So like, yes, I would say that to my husband, or I would say that to my mom, like a grandparent or a, you know, loving aunt, godmother, whatever. But like, am I going to show up in my circle of friends who have kids all with varying abilities and who are having varying levels of success in school and in social lives? Am I really going to show up with like a laundry list of all the ways my kids is like ridiculously successful right now? Probably not. So first of all, don't be that person. And second of all, if you're around that person, it's okay to back off. Or if you're around a circle of people where there's a lot of conversation like that, where it's literally like everyone is just sharing these stories of wins and that doesn't feel good to you, you can back off from those conversations and from those circles because they're probably not adding much to your life right now and they might be sucking your energy dry. That doesn't mean that those friendships might not be valuable to you at some point, but they might not be the friendships that you should be prioritizing right now. So recognizing how that makes you feel, how that impacts you is going to be really, really important. Like if your kid has dyslexia, join the Facebook groups for parents of dyslexic kids. Find those people where you can celebrate wins in those ways to be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, Jimmy, who normally fails his spelling tests, he got a C rather than being in the group of moms who are like, all their kids get 100% on every spelling test. And you're like, yeah, my kid got a C. Like find that place where you can celebrate the wins and that you're not in a comparison contest but where people can just be supportive of each other. And that might not be the current circles that you're in. So you might have to go find those circles. And I think that that's really, really important that you recognize where you're having those energy sucks and where you could be finding better energy. Because as soon as you get around that positive energy, you're going to feel a shift in how you parent in those sticky, challenging places because you're going to feel like the universe has your back. And you're going to feel like now I have this squad of people who get it and they're supporting me even when, you know, they're not sitting in my dining room table doing my kids homework with them. So that I think is really important as well. And lastly, the last thing I want you to do to get yourself out of comparing your kid to other people's kids is give your child opportunities to be successful and then find connections in those places. And so where can your child be successful? You might be finding yourself in that comparison trap with your kid because you are spending time in places where your child doesn't thrive. And some of those situations you can probably walk away from. So like, of course, there's some academic things that like, you know, your kid's probably going to have to do math at some point. Like you can't walk away from all of that. But there's also places that like if sports are not your kid's thing, don't make them do sports. Let them do theater. Let them do music. Let them join math club. Let them do like Lego and robotics and STEM stuff. Let them take dance class. I am dying. There's a hip hop class down the street that I'm dying to sign Vinny up for if he's on board for it, except for that it's like on Friday nights, which is not a good time. But I'm like, okay, so soccer, not his jam. Maybe he'll be awesome at hip hop class. He is like starting to put together little dance routines, which are hilarious. So I'm like, okay, let's let him shine there. And I would be more than happy to make new mommy dance friends. So like, just sign me up for dance moms right now. So I think that it's really important that you can find your people and your places to have those positive interactions in the places where your child can thrive. And that's going to look so different for everyone. I know even when we had Vinny doing some occupational therapy when he was really little for some concerns around anxiety, even in that community, like recognizing that 
if my child is going to be struggling with this long term, I want to be enmeshed in this community. And that's not to say that I would like walk away from all my other friendships or from all my friendships of children who maybe don't have kids who are a little differently wired. But I would also want to make sure that I'm connecting with people who are in the same place as me. So if, you know, childhood anxiety is going to be a thing in my life, then I'm going to make sure I have connections there and other people who can be a support system in that and who can relate to the experiences that I'm going through on the level that I'm going through them. So I think it's really, really important that sometimes we think we need to like stick to like, you know, old friendships or long-term friendships with people who have the kids the same age, just because we happen to have kids the same age. Or maybe we need to like, you know, spend holidays with family members who are super judgy just because they're our family. Like we often have these stories in our head about like what we owe to other people or to other relationships, even though those relationships maybe don't serve us or those situations or communities don't serve us. And so don't be afraid to look for those places where your child can thrive and you can thrive with them and you can build more meaningful connections and pull yourself out of that comparison trap. Like there's so many win-wins to be had by looking for those things rather than staying in this like traditional model of like I got to be friends with all of the parents who are in my kids class and I need to like be friends with all the soccer moms and what have you or I need to be friends with the people who all had babies at the same time because for 7 years like we've always done the same things together. Maybe not. Maybe you don't. Or maybe, and not that you need to like end the friendships, but you could spend less time in certain relationships. Like you get to choose where you want to invest your time and energy. Invest it in places and spaces that light you up, that meet your needs, that fuel your soul. Don't invest time and energy into spaces and places that suck you dry and that make you feel bad and that let you stay in that comparison trap. Like don't go to lunch every month with Jimmy's mom who just wants to brag about Jimmy being citizen of the week at school every week. (laughs) So figure out what makes sense for you based on where you're at right now and be okay with that right now. It can change later. It might change later. Everything's always evolving. So be okay with wherever things need to evolve to right now. Be okay with taking a chance in that direction or making a move in that direction if it feels like you might be able to step into something that's a little more supportive and to step into that squad that has your back a little bit more. So I hope that was helpful. I'm going to just quick review. I want you to recognize where you might be projecting your own feelings around self-worth or lack of self-worth on your child. I want you to acknowledge the different ways that children develop in different phases at different ages. I want you to know that your child is going to have different gifts, talents, and strengths than other kids, than your friend's kids, or maybe even their classmates. I want you to stop engaging in competitive conversations about your kids in groups of people. And I want you to give your child the opportunity to be successful. And I want you to find connections in those places where your child is successful and thriving. So if this episode was helpful, if you know someone who's struggling with this, please, please share this episode out. It could really, really positively impact someone else and really help someone on their journey. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts. 
where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.